0: Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to an all-new edition of Concrete Jungle New York Baseball Podcast. Coming to you guys live from the uh, third floor North Park Building, fingerlakes1.com. Beautiful, tropical Seneca Falls, New York. Um, Paul Russo, Kyle Evans, and producer, Mets hater, Nate Sharman. <laughs> I had to get that in there. Um, it's just
1: one night. It's just one night. Whatever.
0: Um, good Thursday, uh, morning lads, as I said, I suppose, I don't know. It, the weather's beautiful. It's baseball weather. Um, everything going good to start the week through the week, Kyle. Yeah. Everything's going well.
2: I mean, my favorite team's rolling, so couldn't complain. <laughs> everything
0: good for you over there, Nate? Yep. Can't complain. Just it's hating, golf weather. Just hitting the Mets. It's all good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have fun with him with that for a while, I think.
1: I owe him one. They scored three runs in the first inning and I had over four and a half and they didn't get there.
0: Wow. That's on you. That's gambling. Yeah. No now, now now he says it that way. Okay. Either way. Um New York teams still pretty much the hottest teams in baseball. Uh our local minor league teams doing uh, you know, pretty well for themselves to start the week as well, so uh, plenty to get to. Let's jump in and uh, start with the Mets today. I think we started with the Yankees la- on Monday. So. Yeah. Yeah, so start with the Mets today. Um, off day, obviously, on Monday when we last spoke. Three games set uh, with the Nationals. Uh, obviously, the third game today. Uh, split so far. I think we were a little bit surprised about how that went. But, uh, hey, not every uh, not every game, not every series can be Christmas. Um Tuesday, decent game overall for the uh, for the boys in Flushing, 4-2 victory over Washington. There, uh, Cookie Carrasco picks up his third win on the year. It was a three and one, 3.19 ERA. Um, my poor, poor, poor sweet friends, Carl Edwards Jr. got called up to Washington uh, on Monday from, from Rochester after being Rochester's player of the week last week Um, picked up the loss Um, his his MLB ERA for the year even though it's his first appearance is uh, (laughs) 27.0 oh man but but this goes back to kind of obviously right different discussion for for what we are exactly talking about the Mets but this was kind of what we actually were hinting at a little bit Kyle on Monday about how um, you know this Rochester team's great but Washington clearly calling some guys up now mind you um, do have a couple guys that they did get hurt over the weekend, and this was a corresponding move within that. But, you know, that being said, Carl Edwards Jr. was, uh, you know, like I mentioned, pitcher of the week last week for, for Rochester and had been kind of been really their anchor in the bullpen all year up to that point. Um, we'll, we'll circle back around to that, obviously, when we get to, to the Red Wings stuff. Uh, but uh, Sugar Diaz picked up the save, his seventh of the year. Uh, Carrasco went six and two-thirds, seven hits to earned five strikeouts. Shout out Jeff McNeil, making his uh, rare appearance on the top performers list. Uh, oddly enough, for the year so far, two for three, a double, a walk, and two RBIs. And Frankie Lindor with uh, two for five and a stolen bag. Um, you know Carrasco. I, obviously, I, we're going I touch on this more uh, in the look ahead stuff here. But he, he's kind of become, for the Mets, really, we kind of thought maybe the four four spot. But to me, he's becoming part of what what I'd call the three horsemen kind of for, for the Mets so far to start the year.
2: Yeah, he's been really, really good. And I don't know. I think things would look a lot different if DeGrom was in the rotation to begin with. Does McGill, you know, stay in the rotation? Does Carrasco stay in the rotation? I think uh, with DeGrom on the injury list, it really helped Carrasco kind of move up in the rotation.
0: Right. Um, yeah, you mentioned a good point uh, with DeGrom. It, they, we, we've been getting updates, but not really updates on him at this point. Um, but It's probably going to be late summer, I would yeah, think. Yeah, it became July, and now it's becoming, it looks like sometime in that mid to late August window. Um, which sucks. So I mean, I, I still think DeGrom's been the greatest pitcher of this generation, and could make the case for best at least in my lifetime, anyway. Yeah. Um, which I guess would be also your lifetime, since Nate thinks I was born in 1982. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I hey hey I, I so I should probably preface the jokes here at this point. Nate um absolutely sniped me during one of our FL1 radio broadcasts last week, um, saying I was born in 1980, which, I, look, I'm not 42 years old, uh, but uh, just an absolute snipe. At the time, I do applaud Nate, coming from the bushes on that, but... Uh,
1: <laughs> Actually, I had you pegged older as that. I said you played there in 1980. Oh, that's true, yeah, I played in 1980, <laughs> wow. yeah, so. so get the joke right, Paul.
0: Well, I guess that's just my my old age and not remembering right coming out. So, uh, I'll I'll lay off of you, Nate. I'll, I'll lay in the weeds for the time being for the rest of them. But, uh,
1: you won't hear anything from me tonight on the call in Penyan. Um, I got my shot in last week.
0: Right. Right. I don't trust you. (laughs) Anyway, um, Back to, back to the back to the baseball games here. Uh, yesterday, not not the best game for the Mets or, or Taylor Magill. Um Aaron Sanchez picked up the win for Washington. mayo the loss is second on the year. Uh, it was an eight to three Mets loss. Um, that being said, Alonzo had a first inning home run. Had a couple RBIs, a couple hits. Nimmo, uh had a double, went three for five. Um, if there's any solace, I guess in the pitching realm of it yesterday from the Mets. Trevor Trevor Williams had really great coming out of the pen for Mago, three and two-thirds, a couple hits and two strikeouts. Um, he's kind of been the floater, uh, as I call it, kind of what we thought maybe Peterson would be, but he's kind of stepping in this role of long relief, mop-up duty, and not do great out of the gate initially this year, but has kind of turned around when they needed him to lately. Um, That's got to be their worst loss of the year, right? Yeah, I, I, think I was going to say, I, I, I think um, – you know, d- despite the setback, Magall still has been a really wonderful surprise for them overall this year. I don't think they expected him uh, at this point to be four and four and two on the year. Um, I think the ERA is kind of going back to maybe where a couple people might have thought it'd be hanging out. Um, but you know, that being said, I, he he's really been a surprise, and this Mets team. You know, we keep going back to it, and, and being a month in, it's something I do want to discuss, um, you know, today with, with pretty much all the teams is, you know, how, how we kind of feel, how what we think has been some of the stuff. And obviously, Magel has been really the, the, the main nice surprise out of this Mets rotation and probably Mets team, period. Um, and, you know, obviously we talk about Buck and, and what that can do for a team, having a guy like him in the clubhouse and everything like that, but – but the work he's done kind of with the Stabs at this point across the board. Having faith in the guys. And that's a and that's one of the things that, you know, has burned Buck in the past, but the same token is what makes him a really great players' manager, is faith in a guy like Magill to go out there, continue to do what he's doing despite um, really his early career, you know, struggles as a whole. Um, especially in a situation like this where, you know, DeGrom's down, and you kind of need – next guy up mentality sort of in a way yeah and even
2: if he didn't you know have his worst start of the year and give up eight runs I mean the offense scored three in the first and then didn't mm-hmm. score again that's kind right. of a problem especially mm-hmm. considering Washington's pitching has not been
0: very good mm-hmm. at least what I remember and look that being said not you know I say I said it you know not every game can be Christmas right you're going to have games like this over the course of 162 days where, look, pitching just wasn't there. Offense just wasn't there. It is what it is. This is the first loss this year from the Mets where it kind of felt that way. Um, and if that's the case, look, that's fine. It, it, it took them, what you know, 32 games to get to that point, 31 games to get to that point. If that's the case, fine. I, I'd take that any day of the week. As a fan, as a coach, as a player, it is what it is. I would take it up to that point, you know. And that being said, Alonzo, you know, we, we keep mentioning him, right, but yesterday he obviously had a home run, two for four. That's a good day anyway. Um, Lindor has really come on again. It It's nice seeing, right, these guys that we expect to have production come out and do it, especially the fact that, you look at last year and the year prior, even though, you know, 2020, we still have to take overall with a grain of salt being only 60 games in, in the COVID-shortened year. But the fact that they've rebounded, again, I, I this goes back to the staffs. And to me, what's become a very underrated hire because we just don't talk about it enough, especially with the position players, a guy like Eric Chavez who, look, great player, great uh, player, all-star caliber player. Should have been superstar. Just got burned by the injury bug as a player too often. Uh, but Like I said, key third baseman. He was a go glover. I think he was a silver slugger a couple different times over, obviously being a hitting coach, but super good third baseman. I mean, at his peak in those mid-2000s in the mid-aughts, easily top three third baseman in the league year in, year out. Um, but having a guy like that who it's still relatively fresh out of playing. It's been, I think, eight years since his last MLB game. But still, you know, there's guys in the league who played with him, has a ton of respect around the league, but has faith in these guys, right, to go out there and do it. And you have Pete Alonzo who's having a nice rebound year. You have Francisco indoor. I wouldn't say quite reboundy. He came on pretty good late last year. But, you know, kind of going back to that form, we saw Francisco indoor in Cleveland, right? Amplifying what Starley Martez has been able to do and continues to do, right? Amplifying the stuff that Nimo has done with Nimo's hot start, you know, and kind of, you know, building these guys up. You know, a guy that we haven't talked a ton about, and it was what I think a lot of people thought was actually their main free agent pickup during the year in the offseason in Eduardo Escobar. You know, working with him, getting him back going a little bit here after his, you know, rougher start to the year. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff, and you mentioned a guy, and we'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you this too. But you'll get a guy like James McCann, who, we know what he, we saw what he did with the White Sox. Comes to New York, struggled last year, uh, but had a great start to the to the year. But I know you uh, mentioned before the show. And I'll turn it over to you with this part about a little bit of news with him.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess he's dealing with wrist soreness, mm-hmm. out of the lineup today. Um, I guess it's more like a day to day situation, which is probably good for them, but. Um, Tomas Nito has actually had some big hits, though, right. this year um, as the, in the backup role. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that also uh, the coaching staff deserves a lot more credit. Buck Showalter is a very, very good manager. Like you mentioned, Chavez, great hitting coach. Obviously, the players got to go out and perform, but mm-hmm. they they uh, deserve a lot of credit, too.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's weird because, obviously we'll talk with this part about the Yankees, but it's just it's it's we have i always have a problem with the mlb power rankings when the league does them as a whole because it's just them trying to grab the headline yep but the fact that both new york teams are two of the top three they just put out mvp
2: front runners right. and judge is third yeah so
0: yeah let me guess who's number one mike trout yep and two is jose ramirez i mean i can really, to be fair jose probably should be number one they're all close if I take but... if I take my New York bias aside it probably should be Jose they're all close yeah.
2: But you know like you said they're trying to grab people's attention right. get people in the comments mm-hmm. and
0: but um look I mean like I said you look at it um the Mets have oh w- they falters the wrong word falter makes it sound like they've gone under 500 but they've kind of been at 500-ish ball the past week or so um that being said you know i mentioned right they're kind of dealing with guys kind of coming in and out of different slots injury wise but throughout through it all i mean they're still winning um we talk about right take two of three and that's the pace still on yep great day to bounce back today fantastic yeah speaking of today let's take a look at what they got ahead here in the next day or so well and weekend i guess that's the so part yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, getaway game today, 105 on Sny. Taiwan Walker uh, going against Johan Andon for the Nationals. Um, yeah, I think I, I'd imagine they get this one. I would hope that they get this one. Um, as you mentioned, Nito will probably go be behind the plate for sure. i will be interested to kind of see a corresponding move there if they do have to call somebody up. Um, they
2: did activate or activate Jake Reed, the reliever. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure who they sent down. Nagosik, I think. He's got a weird last name. But, yeah, he got sent back
0: down. Interesting. Because uh, we'll, we'll touch on, obviously, the, the S-Mets. They've uh, they've had an interesting couple games that kind of synopsizes their season as a whole. Um, okay, this weekend for the Mets, head back to Flushing. They are taking on the Seattle Mariners out of the American League West. They're sitting third there with a 14-18 and 18 record. Uh, Mariners team that – yeah, they're probably the sweetheart darling of, of the preseason picks, myself included. Um, they haven't made
1: the playoffs in the longest time,
0: right? Two thousand one.
1: Yeah. I think that's the
0: iPod the iPod came and went in that, the time that Seattle
1: wow. Yeah, that's a timely uh, yeah. stat there, Paul.
0: Kyle Evans has never seen the Seattle Mariners in the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> Friday seven ten on SNY uh, Marco Gonzalez goes for the Mariners. Uh, 1 and 4 in the year, 3.91 ERA for him. It's Mad Max uh, Serzer, 4 and 1, 2.92 ERA. Um, Saturday, another 7 10 start. Uh, this one's on W Pick, so it's up here. Take your pick of Channel 3, 16, 11 if you're on cable. Truck TV, Channel
2: 13 or 14.
0: Thank you. For the uh, other folks out here. George Kirby, uh, his second big league appearance. Yeah, first start earlier this week for Seattle. Uh, did really well, uh, so he has no decision, but also uh, no no run average there, so which is good for them. Chris Bassett going for the Mets, four two, two point four five, ERA, and then on Sunday a one forty start uh, on Sny. Robbie Ray goes for the Mariners. The rating AL Cy Young, three and three, four point two two ERA against Cookie Carrasco, as we mentioned, three and one, three point one nine. E-R-A there. Uh, so the weekend, you got your, what I call, the three horsemen for, for the Mets at this point uh, to start the year going with Scherzer, Bassett, and Carrasco. Um, really going to ask for probably a better three-game series starter set than that, in all honesty. Um, Baroners team, it, it, they're a tough team overall to, to kind of face. I know um, their offense isn't quite where they want it. Uh, really, no nor they're pitching collectively. Um but Ty Francis had a hot start to the year for them. Um, you know, this is a team that, like I said, they, they should be popping off anytime now. I mean, Winkers struggled out of the gate after the trade. A um, little bit of a mini homecoming for catcher Tom Murphy, the pride of Syracuse <laughs> for them. So, um, should be interesting. I want to say sweep for the Mets. I. I I don't know, though, but I think they go, at at minimum, they take the series 2-1. to All right, well, I have a different opinion on this. Oh, boy. They're going to win today. They're
2: going to win that series. I see them winning. I see them losing 2 out of 3. Wow. I do. Really? They've been around, like you said, a 500 team recently. I just feel like the Mariners are going to get hot. Okay. And, yeah, their pitching is not the best. But Robbie Ray can get it done. I see a loss right there on Sunday.
0: Hmm. All right.
2: So we'll see. But obviously, it's just a gas opinion.
0: But It's an see. interesting one. We'll see. Interesting Two one. out of three. All right. Hal Evans going off the charts on that one. All right. Let's transition over to the Bronx, <clears throat> excuse me, where the Yankees have been playing the past three days. Um, so Monday – Obviously, had to finish up that series with the Rangers. Uh, 1-0 victory. <clears throat> Excuse me.
2: Boring game.
0: I, yeah, I was about to say. Um, Clay Holmes picked up the win. Moose a 4-0. ERA now down to .61 on the year. Been a really fantastic arm out of the pen. Brett Martin, the loss for the Rangers. Chapman picks up his 7th save on the year. That appearance was his first in literally a week that day for Chapman. Your top performers are going to start on offense here. Judge went one for three with the run and a walk. Rizzo, one for four, double RBI. Obviously in the eighth and that was big, but the main topic of discussion, Nestor Cortez um, takes a no-hitter, seven and a third deep. Um, he's, been, he, well, he's been a fantastic player since rejoining the Yankees last year. Um, he had 11 strikeouts in addition to obviously the one hit. But more importantly, no walks in that. Uh, had a couple errors out in the field that day. He's been fantastic. And to put it into MLB The Show terms, guy's about to be put as a diamond player. <laughs> um, look, I don't think... I don't think it's realistic of us to expect Garrett Cole-esque stuff from him. That's not the pitcher he is. Um, but... Well, he reminds me of a guy in a way kinda of like Mike Musino. Where it's you know, he doesn't he's not gonna overpower with the fastball. He's gonna kill you with the with the funky stuff, right? For for Nestor, it's that cutter, it's the slider, it's the changeup he's kinda of brought in, which kind of acts also like a sinker the way it kind of acts in a way. Right? With Mucino right? It was not the four seam, but the two seam action that he had. The change up, more importantly, that knuckle curve. Um, you know, maybe Mucina's not even the right player. I mean, Mucina's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if that I don't know if Cortez is a Hall of Famer, but the pride of Hawaii um, has certainly had quite the 12 months for him, kind of turning his career around, and it's starting to culminate in these quality performances. It's weird calling uh, a one-hitter that he had uh, and a no-hitter through through seven and a third. Uh, a qual- just a normal quality
2: start <laughs> yeah he was literally five outs away he got the first out of the eighth and then a single just went over uh, the glove of Glaber Torres and just a hell of a performance though and I, I honestly did think that like just the way the day was going I was not going to lie I thought there would be a no hitter I just the way he was pitching you know he gets the first out of the eighth really quick and he just, had, he just has a ton of confidence and I don't know I, I I honestly did think a no-hitter was coming, so it was kind of disappointing when uh, Eli White, the number nine hitter, spoils a no-hitter, which kind of sucks even worse as the number nine hitter. But right. but yeah, just a great performance. He's been pitching really well over the last two years. Actually, three years ago, yesterday, he made his Yankees debut. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy how the years have gone along for him.
0: Yeah, this was a guy who brought in with the Yankees. Um Got traded, I believe he was part of the salary dump deal with Seattle a couple of winters ago. Um, bounced around between Detroit at one point. Got released by Baltimore. Yeah, I was going to say he was with Baltimore, but that's where apparently he gets a lot of his motivation from, actually, is the Baltimore release. Um, so, yeah, this is a great start there. So, Yankees take the series from from Texas in that. Uh, come And come back thundering strong with a two-game sweep of Toronto – uh, Wandy Peralta, who has quietly been really good out of the bullpen for the Yankees, picks up his first one of the year, uh, 1.64 ERA. Jordan Romano, uh, one uh, gets the loss for Toronto, one and two, which is surprising. Uh, he's their really best arm out of the bullpen. Their closer, in and fact.
2: We actually talked about that. They're using him way too much, and finally he collapsed.
0: Yeah, his ERA now up to 3.29. Uh, Severino, no decision, went four and two thirds, five hits, three earned, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Uh, and then the power bats uh, were the ones who showed up uh, for the Yankees early. Uh, Stanton had a Stantonian blast in two for four, three RBIs and a run.
1: And John Sterling called it right.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: They were no hit through, what, five or six innings in this game?
0: Yeah, and then the offense came alive. Yep. Um, Judge also two for five home run, three RBIs, two runs. So um, the power bats have been really great. Obviously, you mentioned Judge. Um, we talk about Rizzo a ton. Uh and Stanton, you know, kind of ends up getting put on this back burner to, to some degree, uh, because I don't know. He he's playing great ball. Um, it, it's weird. I, I don't know if it's just because he's kind of put in the five spot this year right now, where it's you know tougher to to kind of maybe bust out and have those attention grabbing stuff. But it, it's great when you see Judge and Stan because those are the two right that we've had now for number of years, handful of years, and. You Know to me, whenever that tandem's going strong, Yankees are a super tough team to, to stop at that point,
2: yeah. And actually, I know Anthony Rizzo had the game winning hit on uh Monday, mm-hmm. but actually, I'd have to look up the numbers. But he's like four for his last 36, he's really cooled off, yeah. Um, so it's good to see like Judge and Stanton kind of carrying the load. Um, even Isaiah kiner Falefa is 0 for his last 15. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just when that happens, you just have to have guys that you know, get hot and step up and carry the team, and that's what Judge and Stanton are doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then yesterday, a 5-3 Yankee win. Um, Toronto jumped early, but Yankees did a nice job, uh, more or less ch- really chipping away throughout the whole game to, to some way, shape, or form. Uh, Tyone gets the win, moves to 3-1 on the year, 2.93 RA. Jose Barrios uh, gets the loss for Toronto. Uh, rough. He's been bad. He's stretched since he got traded over Toronto. He's two and two now on the year, five point eight two area. Chapman eighth save on the year. Tayon went five and a third, six hits, two earned, and four strikeouts. Gleber Torres, Gleber Day, indeed two for four, home run, five RBIs, and a run. Lemayhu had a double uh, and another hit in two runs there. Um, yeah, Glaber, Glaber uh, hit that three run homer. Obviously, gave the Yankees lead in the lead, and they statistically in the scoring column, didn't look back at that point.
2: I wonder what uh, Chris Woodward was singing about that porch yeah. shot just wow. into the first row over the right field wall.
0: He's got bigger fish, fish to fry and things to worry about in, uh, in Dallas. <laughs> um, and
2: by the way, Chapman allowed his first run of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's actually been really good yeah. until up to that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he hasn't been used a ton either the past week or so. So obviously, you know, we mentioned that, but uh, yeah, all, all good things come to an end. It's always a circling back to a podcast title. But, um, yeah, the Yankees are off to a pretty historic clip overall. Um,
2: Yeah, just the second time they've been 22-8 and since 2003. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, look, this is a team that, you know, after the first really couple series of the year, first 10 days, we we kind of thought this was kind of dead in the water, the way they were kind of playing, the way they were acting. And they've turned it around. Um, I mentioned a few podcasts ago, I don't think it's as much on the coaching staff and the front offices as players. Uh, this has turned out to be, at least cohesively as a group, a really fun group to play with uh, and play together with. Um, it, it's weird. I, it always feels like Donaldson's kind of the outsider in this, but um, the way he he kind of stepped up a little bit throughout the past couple of series, standing up for, for his teammates and stuff like that has been... Has been really fantastic to to see. Um,
2: yeah, and I wanted to throw out another point. Um, Jack Curry on the uh, Yes Now postgame Game Show brought up a really good point. This is such a good start because if the Yankees were to go 500 the rest of the way, mm-hmm. they would still finish with 89 wins. All right, that yeah. is insane. So that's how that's why a good start is so good because I mean they're not. Let's be real, they're not going to finish 500 the rest of the way. No. So boom. I would, I would hope not. Just like that, they're over a 90 win team. So that this is why this start is such a big deal, and that's why a lot of teams, you know, you want to get off on a good start. And a lot of a lot of people think that oh, it's just April, it's just May. Like no, these games matter. So yeah, really good start for the
0: Yankees. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it. Th- this is a team that. You know, I, like I said, I, I we were kind of wondering about the Cole situation. And obviously, he's turned around the past few starts. Um, and, you know, I, I think it can't be stressed enough how good having quality starts out of a guy like Montgomery or Cortez go when when your de facto four and five guys are doing that for you, putting you in spots where, you know, it, up until a few years ago, I think this is still the mantra to a degree, right? Your fifth guy, and the best example I've always saw of this is I'm really pulling into the date book on this was a guy like in MVP Baseball 2005. I always draft a guy by the name of Omar Dahl, all right? Your fifth, your fifth guy in the rotation, typically a fairly soft thrower, crafty, um, ERA somewhere in the four range, but, but kept you in ballgames through, through five, six innings to get to the bullpen. Um, and, and Jomo and, and, and Cortez have been above and beyond that. Yeah, I think this is
2: the first time in years that we can say that we feel really confident mm-hmm. giving the ball to either of the five starters. And I also think people are forgetting that Domingo Herman is uh, eligible to return in uh, June. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like there, there's depth. There's more pieces if needed. True. Um, that's. I just think they're in a really good spot, and their bullpen is outstanding. Mm. And if you combine that with you know the offense when they're hot, like
0: they're they're unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It, it, been a quiet week for Michael King. We haven't talked about Michael King at all, yeah. And that and he was the main bright spot out of the bullpen there for a bit. Yep, looking ahead for the Yankees, uh, four games set in the Windy City. They play the Chicago White Sox today through Sunday. White Sox 15 and 14, second in the AL Central. Uh, again, a team that we all thought would be doing a little bit better than they are. Um, but how much of that is on certain players, I, I don't know. And the perfect example of this is tonight's matchup, pitching wise, for example. 8-10 starting, yes. Uh, Luis Hill. Hill? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Uh, gets his first appearance on the year for the Yankees. He's been down in Scranton. Um, he'll be going up against Dylan Cease, 3-1 2.38 ERA. This is what I mean, and we'll get to the other pitchers here in the other matchups. Tomorrow night, Friday, 8-10 start. Um, <laughs> Kyle Evans, how are you feeling? I
2: believe every Friday night. Okay.
0: <laughs> Amazon Prime Video, Garrett Cole uh, going against Vince Velasquez, 2-2 two two for Vince, 3.970 ERA. Don't worry, back on Yes Saturday night, 7-10 start. Thank God. Jordan Montgomery goes against Dallas Keuchel, 2-3 on the year, a 6.860 ERA. And then on Sunday, 2-10 start. Also on Yes, Nasty Nestor goes against Michael Kopik, who's uh, just coming back off the IL, uh, 0-0. Uh, 0.93 ERA. The White Sox have been one of the more utterly confusing teams in the AL, to be honest. Um, they have everything there that they should really be, in theory, the best team in the AL, to be completely honest. Uh, I know injuries have kind of hampered them offensively. And Liam that, Hendricks. That, exactly. That being said, the the pitching has not been there for them the way it's supposed to be Cease has been the only one out of the starters who's been consistently good. Um, and that's not necessarily a surprise, right? But Giolito's struggled. Lance Lynn got, pitched one game and got hurt. Since then, uh, you know, they brought in Vince Velasquez. He's not been – I feel bad for Vince because he's – he gets a bad rap, even though he's a really good pitcher. But he's just not one of the power guys. And when the offense does not show up when he's on the bump, he, he's in trouble. Um, and that's the case that that's kind of been. There. And then Dallas Keuchel is just doesn't you know, have it he's anymore. Gone. Yeah, I mean it. So the White Sox know what they have to do. Probably have the deadline to kind of go and do it. But and this is a case where you, I, I had a problem with it when they did the hire two off seasons ago. I I just I do not think Tony La Russa meshes well meshes well with this team. And oh, the guy's an idiot. It's look. I know this is a New York baseball podcast, right? But we have to discuss obviously the opponents that these teams face a little bit. And it's just it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit for the White Sox.
2: Yeah, I really don't even know what to expect with this series. Mm-hmm. Like, what White Sox team is are the Yankees going to be facing? Right, you know, and how's the pitching going to do? It's
0: just... I I feel like by process of elimination, the Yankees are going to get this series three to one only because nobody will show up for Jordan Montgomery again. <laughs> uh realistically i i do think they go three and one i guess a split wouldn't be bad yeah i mean they've been rolling they could go they could go two and two i i realistically see three and one um honestly i think the loss might come tonight i mean i i think people don't get just how good dylan Cease is.
2: yeah and i don't know what we're gonna get from Luis heel mm-hmm. so um first mlb road start ever for heel really yeah, yeah, they are all home games last year okay
0: so sure. yeah, like like I said, I, I I just I don't think the the grand scheme of people just know how good Dylan Cease is. Um, this is a guy who um, I'm wearing the hat oddly enough a pitching ninja. Dylan Cease was just out with him. Dylan Cease has a number of pitches that just have an insane amount of run on them, and he throws hard. He's phenomenal. Like he's just one of my favorite players to just watch in the MLB period. So I bet you the loss would come tonight. But they get the leather three. Hopefully you're wrong, though. Right. Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. obviously we hope every team that we discuss wins every game. That's just not the case. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's let's uh, let's hop on over before we get out here and discuss our minor league squads. The best team still in the International League East. Not the best team in A though. But they're getting there. They're frighteningly close at this point. Someday. The Rochester Red Wings, 20-12 now official on of the year. They take the first two against the Hussocks uh, yesterday and Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, big win, 8-2. to uh, Jackson uh, Tetro picked up his second win on the year Kyle Seabold, the loss for uh, Woochester. Just a really great offensive game collectively for the Red Wings there. Stevenson went two for thrower, double RBI, stolen base. Uh, Luis Garcia, um... I feel like probably the most consistent name we've talked about all year period yeah, on this He's a hitting podcast. machine. Yeah, two for five, a triple, and a home run with three RBIs there. Jake Noll had a home run. Lucius Fox, who got sent down uh, late last week, uh, so has yet to pick up a hit at AAA this year, but does have a couple stolen bases, uh, and two of them did come in that Tuesday game. It'll happen
1: tonight. Yeah. That's four straight for the Red Wings, seven of eight.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pretty good. Because uh, yesterday on Wednesday, they were down 2-0 to the Who Sox going into the second out or the uh, last out of the game for them, or what would have been the last out of the game for them, but big uh, big inning as Lucius Fox, Cole Freeman pick up two uh, hits to to with two outs in the ninth, and then Stevenson a two RBI double, and then Garcia singled in Stevenson. Great, great offensive performance there, and then Jordan Weems picked up the save. Tyre Clippard picked up the win because Kate Valley. Goes five and a third, uh, gave up to earn six strikeouts. But more importantly, after after struggling immediately out of the gate with Rochester, picked up another really great quality start. Uh, he's the Nashville's top prospect. I think the sticker shock of, of going back to the minors to start the year anyway for him probably got in his head a little bit. But um, he has really just done a fantastic job out of the, the past few weeks to get himself right. And, and you know, we went to that game obviously last spring. Friday me and Nate and he had a rough couple innings out of the gate but settled in and, and did really well and it is actually what kept probably Rochester within earshot to have an opportunity to win that game Friday and did the same thing here yesterday it's just a matter of time before the offense kind of shows up for him when they need him to but you know this Rochester team they're a fun team to watch but but again you know to, to kind of loop back to the Carl Edwards point from uh, when we were discussing that the Mets series against Washington. Now you're seeing Washington kind of pull guys and send guys. And this is where things kind of get jumbled up that can kind of ruin a nucleus of a team like that.
2: Yeah. I wonder when Tyler Clippard's headed up to Washington Oof. probably could happen.
0: Yeah, that's true. Or Weems. I mean, it, I mean, Weems has become a very good spot.
2: And then, as well. and then just like that, it kind of destroys their bullpen. I mean, right. those are the most three reliable relievers they've had.
0: Sure. So. yeah. Um, Looking ahead in the rest of the week, Logan Verrett gets to start tonight for, for for Washington, for Rochester. He's 0-2 on the year, a 6.94 ERA. Uh, that's a 6.45 start tonight. He spaces Thomas Pannoni uh, for the Hussocks uh, Friday, tomorrow at 6.45. Sterling Sharp uh, for Washington. I for, for, did it again for Rochester. <laughs> um, he's 1-0 on the year, uh, 5.06 ERA. Uh Against to be announced. Then Saturday and Sunday uh, to be announced across the board there. But a 405 start on Saturday and a 105 start on Sunday uh, for the Red Wings. For the uh, Syracuse Mets, they're 11 and 20, still tied for last in the International League East. Um, but they've split the two games against Scranton, uh, the other basement team with them. Uh, currently, <laughs> um, Tuesday a 2-0 victory for the Rail Riders. Shelby Miller picked up the win. Uh, Yenzi Diaz, the loss for Syracuse. Uh, Thomas Apucki went four innings, three hits, nine Ks, and a no decision. Probably his best start all year, to be completely honest with you, collectively, just the offense just did not show up for him when he was out there. Uh, Pitch count went skyrocketed, obviously, uh, with that. Uh, Nick Plummer, Daniel Palka, Patrick Mazika, and I apologize to this individual. I'm going to mispronounce his name more than likely, but Gosuki Kato picked up a hit. Uh, they all picked up a hit a piece there. I hope I pronounced it right. I apologize if you're if, if you're listening, or whoever's listening, or if he's listening. Yes. I, I do. <laughs> um. So that being said, they they turned around uh, and yesterday picked up an eight to two win over uh, the Rail Riders. The S Mets did Jose Rodriguez picked up the win. Matt Crook the loss. Colin Holderman the save. I, I you know I mentioned Holderman on Monday. Uh, he's kind of secured that closing spot for the S Mets. Um. Has done really well in the appearances that they've had him out there. Uh, he was out there for a long time with that game um, to get in. I believe it was actually 8-6. I think I mis- miswrote that. So, either way, uh, Nick Plummer, uh, come on really fantastic since since um, getting sent to Syracuse. He's 3-for-5 yesterday, a double home run, five RBIs on a stolen base. Not bad. Uh, triple away from the cycle there. Mark Ventos. Uh He's the catcher. I was kind of wondering, do the Mets call him off if McCann gets on the I.L.? Obviously, you know, we talk about the S-Mets, not great. Binghamton, not great behind him. But Vendos could has come on really nicely as of late. He went three for five, a couple of solo shots yesterday for him. Quinn Brody, two for four, double in a stolen bag. Um, for the S-Mets, it's just kind of the same thing we talk about, you know, when the pitching shows up, the offense doesn't when the pitching doesn't show up the offense does um it, it's a tough 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 spot for him and you know it's going to be probably a continuing struggle all year for him to some degree
2: yeah and we don't really we can't really kind of get a read on this series because i mean scranton's just as bad as them so uh i mean hopefully they can win the series but i i don't really think we can tell much from this series because scranton's just been awful
0: to that end syracuse um does not have any projected starters the rest of the week. Um, So here's, we do know who they will be facing though, for the most part here. Manny uh, Bonelos will pitch for Scranton tonight. It's a 635 start tomorrow night, Friday, also a 635 start. Clark Schmidt goes for Scranton on Saturday, 405 Hayden. Wes pitches for Scranton on Sunday at 105. JP Sears will be pitching for Scranton. So, um, they're gonna have their hands full. I mean, they're all decent enough pitchers that um. That that will give an offense fits. Um, obviously, Schmidt and and Sears have have pitched in the big leagues to some degree this year already. So, um. Tough spot, uh, for 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 the S Mets more than likely here.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't really know what to think about this series because, like I said, they're both bad. Um. Maybe a,
0: a split? It's hardly possible. I'm with it. 500 ball. They yep. both come back Monday, and they're both tied for ninth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. That, uh, that wraps up the podcast for today. Appreciate everybody for tuning in.
1: Go ahead, Nate. I do have one thing. Uh, Kyle Evans on Monday took a shot across the bow against my buckos. Oh. And look what they did the last few days, taking Good. a series from the best record team in baseball. So. Credit to them. So you lose to the Reds, lose to the worst team, and then uh, take the fr- take the best team in baseball. So I guess that's just baseball, especially this early in the season.
0: Best sport, rips your
1: heart out. Yeah, how about that no hitter? Yeah, the other night.
0: Yeah, Reed Dittmer. I was watching the end of that game.
2: Just special moments. A rookie yeah. throwing a no hitter. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, that game was pretty wild too because obviously it was a blowout, and then you had Anthony Rendon who hit a left-handed home run off uh, Brett Phillips. Such so. a fun game. <laughs>
1: I had Angel's Moneyline, so I'll take it.
2: <laughs> and a Christian Yelich uh, cycle. Cycle
0: yesterday, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good week for baseball. Yeah. Hopefully it's an even better weekend. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. We'll catch everybody back here on Monday. Um, catch up anytime visually. Watch on YouTube here. Uh, if not, you can catch up and listen, whether it's YouTube or on Anchor and Spotify. Hopefully got on a couple other major podcast platforms. But until Monday, Ben Conquer your uncle. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you then. <laughs> back.